0: Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring sermons drawn from our pastoral staff and various guest preachers. In the midst of a sermon series titled Summer Packing List, we're looking at things that we should take with us when we go on vacation, whether we're here in Los Angeles or whether we're somewhere around the country or around the world. We were looking at things like meditation and fasting and study, but today we look at something that's kind of insidious, and our theme today is simplicity. Instead of burdening ourselves down with a lot of stuff on the journey of life. How can we let go of stuff and find our meaning not in stuff, but in God? Today's scripture is a powerful one from Matthew chapter 19, 16 to 22. It's printed in your bulletin. Then someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to Jesus, I have kept all these, what do I still lack? jesus said to him if you wish to be perfect go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come and follow me when the young man heard this word he went away grieving for he had many possessions friends this is the word of the lord thanks be to god would you pray with me gracious god pour through me please the gift of preaching that these words might simply not simply be my human words or human opinions, but by a miracle of your grace, these words might become your living word to us. And I pray, O oh God, that everyone hears a message that is directly applicable to our lives this week, whether we are watching on streaming video, whether we are watching a recording, or whether we are here in this beautiful sanctuary today. All this we pray with anticipation in the strong name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may all God's people say, amen. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life, a life, by what you give. Those words by Sir Winston Churchill, the former Prime Minister of Great Britain, really set the tone and sum up our sermon in a sentence today. Before Churchill became the Prime Minister of Great Britain, another Prime Minister of Great Britain, William Gladstone was often known for his counseling of young people. Many young people came to Gladstone for wisdom and advice, and one confused young man came to him, and Gladstone, he came to him for vocational career advice, and Gladstone asked him the question, well, young man, what do you wanna do with the rest of your life? What are you gonna do right away? And the young man said, well, first, I wanna graduate from Oxford, Then I want to study the law and then I'd like to become a prominent barrister, maybe in London." And Gladstone said, wonderful idea. And what then? The young man said, well, then I actually would like to grab a significant cabinet post and and serve my queen in the cabinet. And Gladstone said, that's splendid. And then what then? The young man said rather sheepishly, well, then I'd actually like to have your job. I'd like to be elected prime minister of Great Britain. And Gladstone said, a wonderful ambition, and what then? The young man said, well, gosh, after all that, I, I suppose I shall retire, and if I have my mental faculties about me and I'm in good physical health and physical shape, I still would still like to serve the queen and the government in some way. And Gladstone said, that is fabulous, and what then? And The young man said, well, after all this, I, I suppose I shall die. And Gladstone said, and so you shall And what then? The young man said, I've never thought about my death. I've never thought about life after death. And Gladstone said, young man, if I could give you one bit of advice, go home and start living your life with the end in mind. And when you do, you will get a greater perspective on living today. That's pretty good advice from a prime minister, isn't it? Living your life with the end in mind. How many of us are living our lives with the end in mind? When you do, you'll get a perspective, Gladstone said, on the way we should live our lives today. Well, like Prime Minister Gladstone, Jesus of Nazareth also had a conversation with a confused young man. This young man came to Jesus and he wanted to inherit eternal life. And the young man said, what good deed, notice that, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, why do you ask me about what is good? Notice Jesus often answered a question with another question. Well, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. And I think what Jesus is really asking him is, do you realize that I am the Messiah? Do you realize that you are in the presence of God? There's only one who's good, and that's God. Do you realize you're in the presence of God? And then Jesus said, well, if you want to receive life, then keep the commandments. And the young man said, well, which commandments? And Jesus said, well, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, don't commit adultery, honor your father and mother. And the young man said, all these I have kept. What then do I still lack? Now, this young man was kind of smug. You can even say he's a bit arrogant. I've kept all these since my youth. But actually, maybe he's just a good moral person. So Jesus is gonna ask him another question. I think he's gonna ask him, well, let's, let's not notice all those commandments were about how you treat other people. I think Jesus is not gonna ask him about his relationship with Almighty God. But instead of saying, is God number one in your life? Jesus says to him, well, let's see about the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Does this young man have any other gods? So he says to him, what if you would go sell all that you have give to the poor you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me now here's the key to the story the young man went away sorrowful bereft the literal definition is he has nothing he's totally bereft he's so sad he went away sorrowful for his possessions were great notice in this story that the young man had many possessions. But he didn't own those possessions. He didn't possess those possessions. Those possessions possessed him. Do you know how they catch monkeys in Africa? Now stick with me here. There's a sermon here somewhere. You know how they catch monkeys in Africa? They, they're climbing the trees, the monkeys are. They fill narrow-necked bottles with colored marbles. The monkeys go down and they put their hand in the narrow neck bottles and they grab the colored marbles. They're fascinated with the colored marbles. They can't get enough to get a big bunch of the colored marbles. And then hunters come out of the woods and they can get them. Because these narrow neck bottles are heavy with all those marbles in them. And the, the monkeys have their hand on the marbles. But here's the interesting thing. If they would just let go of the marbles, get their hand out of the bottle, they could run away and escape the hunters. But they're so attached to the marbles and they can't let them go. Do you see a sermon in there somewhere? We get so attached to our stuff that we can't let it go. And this is what happened to this young man. He was so attached to his stuff that he couldn't let it go. Today on this 4th of July weekend, when so often we celebrate the United States of America and celebrate the, the American dream, I believe Jesus has a very simple message for us. Our possessions are not simply for us, our possessions are for others. Our possessions, the thing that God has given to us, We're to be a good steward of them, but our possessions actually are a platform for serving other people. And I think Jesus would put a flashing red light before all of us today and say, there's nothing wrong with possessions, actually. There's nothing wrong with materialism. There's nothing wrong with success. There's nothing wrong with money or wealth, actually, but there's a flashing red light here. But if you're not careful, materialism and money and possessions can define you Rather than what you are doing with it. In other words, sometimes we're defined by what we have and what we do rather than who we are and whose we are. There are many successful, wealthy people who followed Jesus. One was Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin. He had lots of stuff, but he left it all. He followed Jesus, he became born again. And actually, Joseph of Arimathea followed Jesus. He was very wealthy. People think that he actually bought the tomb in which Jesus was married, was buried. And so he was a very wealthy person in that day. And actually, Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector. You Remember the story in Luke 19? He's a wealthy tax collector, he'd been cheating the people, but he reoriented his life and his goods when he met Jesus, and he really gave all that up and gave a lot of money to the poor because he cared about Jesus, wanted to follow him. Many wealthy people have followed Jesus, but the danger is sometimes our stuff, our possessions, can possess us instead of us using them as a way of serving God. So what what are you doing with your stuff? What am I doing with my stuff? Years ago, I read an essay by Francis Fukuyama, maybe you know that name, an economist out of Stanford University, brilliant scholar from Johns Hopkins in Maryland, went to Stanford. But he wrote this essay called The End of History. And in The End of History, Fukuyama says that in every era in history, there is one great idea. for example in the renaissance in the 14th 15th and 16th centuries the great idea had to do with classical art and literature and people like da vinci and michelangelo were characteristic of the renaissance it was an age a wonderful age of classical art literature writing and and beautiful music and then another great era was the enlightenment the enlightenment was Immanuel kant and rousseau and some of the great scholars that lived. But that great idea was individualism and the age of reason, John Locke, the age of reason. Fukuyama says in this little essay, which has got a lot of attention, that the great idea of this era is democratic capitalism. And democratic capitalism says, you actually elect your own leaders, which is a wonderful ideal. You elect your own leaders, but you also produce enough goods so that you can keep the economy and the society going. So a family says to their child, uh, Johnny, if you do well in school, and you do really well in school, when you graduate from school, you can get a good what? Job. You get a good job, you can make a lot of money. And when you make a lot of money, you can buy a lot of? A lot of stuff. What do we do with all this stuff? What do we do with it? How do we deal with it? How do we deal with our material possessions? See, to keep this economy going, we've got advertisers who try to convince us that we need more and more and more stuff. And there's many examples I could use of all the advertising that's going around the world today. But do you know the greatest advertisement, the most popular advertisement, the most effective advertisement ever was one that was started in 1970, and they play it again over and over and over. They played it again in 1990, they revived it. They revived it in 2010. They revised it in 2020 on the 50th anniversary. It's an advertisement for a product that you all know, you all know it well, but the, the little jingle went, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Don't worry, I'm not gonna sing it. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. And what was that ad for? Coca Cola. Now here's the thing. They went to a hill, a mountaintop in Italy, and they got all these people from all over the world and they came, and they were different colors and different races and different nationalities, and they all came together. One voice started, then it went to a second voice, the third voice, then there's hundreds of singers singing in perfect harmony. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. But what they're selling is world peace. They're selling harmony. They're selling different racial ethnic groups coming together. selling unity amid diversity. And how do you sell that? Well, you buy Coca-Cola, you drink Coca-Cola. And then part of the version of the song says, I'd like to buy the world of Coke. And they went on with that one. And it went on year after year after year. It's a fabulous advertisement. But you see how sinister and subtle it is. If you drink something, or buy something, or have something, you will be fulfilled. You'll bring world peace, you'll bring world harmony. Actually, that's really not the point, but the point is, if you could just have more of that that thing, it would really fulfill you. And this is the origin of that word, perfect. If you would be perfect, the word is teleos in Greek, Many of you know that, but the idea of it is completion, really. If you would be complete, if you would be fulfilled, if you would fulfill your destiny, the irony is the society says we'll be complete if we acquire more and more stuff. What Jesus is saying is you'll be actually perfect and complete when you give your stuff away loving other people, as you enjoy it by sharing it with other people, then you'll be more complete. Giving is more important than getting. So I had the privilege some years ago of sitting at the 15th hole of Augusta National Golf Club, the Masters Golf Tournament. And we were watching Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson come up the 15th fairway. It was absolutely idyllic. It was amazing. And I was sitting with a man who had gotten me the tickets, a man named Tom Cousins. I would said, Tom, thank you so much for inviting Suzanne to me. This is one of the greatest days of our lives. I never thought I would have tickets to the Masters. Thank you for inviting us. Tom Cousin said, you know, the only thing better than having master's tickets, I said, what is that? He said, giving them away to somebody who'll enjoy them. He said, I cannot tell you the joy that I get sitting here watching you and all the others I've invited, just enjoying this day and to think that I have something that you don't have, that you couldn't get. It's hard to get these tickets, but that I can share them with you. There is a joy in that that is phenomenal. Don't you get it? our possessions don't belong to us our children don't are our children our homes are not our homes our jobs are not our jobs we have these things for a few years we're simply stewards of all these things we don't own our homes we don't own our jobs we don't own our offices we don't own our children they all belong to God we're stewards of them for a very few years I I wish you could have known my mother and father. It's a, it's a sadness I have. My parents died 30 years ago, actually. And a sadness I have is that you couldn't have known Carl and Hazel Toole of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They were phenomenal people and they, they lived simply. They, they never made a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of stuff, but what they did, they took care of, and they enjoyed it, but they loved opening their home. They didn't have a big home, but they loved opening their home to other people. They had parties, and they people over for dinner, and they enjoyed it, and they used their stuff to serve other people. It was amazing to watch this, and I watched all their lives, they would come in and my mother would have a bell pole on it that's, that Suzanne had, had knitted for her and she put this bell pole down right, right in the, when people came in and then she had all these pictures of her grandchildren and my mother had a sign up, ask me about my grandchildren and everybody who came in would see all these pictures of the grandchildren. My parents loved entertaining. But then as they got older, they moved out of their home. I'm an only child, they moved out of their home into an apartment, they got rid of a lot of their stuff. And then after the apartment, my mother died, and my father and I did her service, and people at the church, Southminster Church in Pittsburgh, and then my father got cancer and moved into a facility not unlike Montevista Vista Grove, and he loved those years at Friendship Village in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the South Hills, but he knew he wasn't going to live a long time, and people had come to him and said, Mr. Toole, um, do you know if my father had any insurance or what he had or... What, what I might, if there's any will of any kind. And my father said, gee, you, you, my friend never talked to me about that. So my father decided he would let me know as his only child what he had. So my father made three books. One book had uh, all of any investments he had. Now, my father didn't have a lot of money, but he listed all the CDs. He did this all by hand. Today we do it by computer, but he wrote it all out for me. All of his investments he had, any insurance he had, the policy numbers, who was the the holder, who I should call. He made all these these records of, of everything that he had of an investment nature. The second book was really all of his stuff. He wrote down, my father did, every piece of furniture and all the clothing that he had and how he suggested I would get rid of it after he died because he didn't want to take time from family and my ministry to to get rid of this. He said, Tom, this is all this stuff, but here's how, if I were you, here's how I would do it. And there was a few things he wanted me to keep, like his father's pocket watch. He never wanted me to get rid of that. But he said, all the rest, in my opinion, you can get rid of. Or if Suzanne wants it, she can keep it. But he said, I I don't, I don't, this is, this is for you to get rid of. But I want to make it as simple as possible. The final book was his current, all his current checks, anything he was writing, his current bills and all that. My father died on July the 23rd, uh, 30 years ago this month, 1993. Well, when he died, uh, I knew he had these three books and, and, um, we went and we looked in the three books, and in the last book, there was a, um, a letter to me and Suzanne. Dear Tom and Suzanne, thanks for all you've done for me, and he listed all these things that we had done for him over the years, and he was so grateful, and the greatest joy of his life was being my dad and now Suzanne's dad because she and I got married, and the greatest joy was being the grandparents of Ryan and Toby. He put all this in the letter, and he's putting all these things that he loved about being our dad, and, and then he added this. I've given these three books to you to make it as easy as possible for you to dispose of my estate and get rid of this stuff. And that was the word he used, stuff. Because you've got a lot of people in the church depending on you and they need you and you need to be there for them and you've got a family depending on you, Tom, so they need you. You don't want to be, be tied down, so I think you'll be able to handle my estate and my stuff, and actually, just a few days. The estate will take a little bit longer. But he said, it, it's all laid out for you here in this book, but I did this for you so that you would have a way to do it simply. And then tucked away in the back of that third book was an envelope. And in the envelope was a check. I almost missed it. I opened the envelope and the check was made out to Southminster Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was the fulfillment of my dad's pledge for that year, 1993. And when I, when I held that check up, when I gave it to the church treasurer, I thought, you know, what a guy my dad is. I, I wish I was as good as my dad, but I'm not. But I thought, this guy, I think Jesus would say to him, you're complete, well done, good and faithful servant. When we get to the end of our earthly lives, if we live with the end in mind, will God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, you're complete? Remember, you make a living by what you get but you make a life, a life by what you give. Amen. You have been listening to a production of San Marino Community Church. Find our worship services on YouTube or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.